Welcome back to the next episode of Ladies First, your podcast featuring truly amazing and inspiring women. It's Alita here, and today I'm with Richie Beth Wall, an occupational therapist in the California school system. Thank you for being with us. Can you start by explaining more about occupational therapy? Sure. So occupational therapists actually work in many different areas. Um, I myself actually started working in a hospital. Um, and within a hospital, what your goal is, is to look at people's ability to get back to their um, ability to function within their daily living. Um, they also are many subsections. So some people specialize in things like hand therapy. Um, I myself work in a school system. So my, I guess, um, area that I work in is getting children to maximize their ability to work within a classroom and to be included within a general ed classroom. So how do you do that? Like, are you in the classroom or are you in a separate office and they come to you or? It depends. I do a little bit of both. So I do definitely pull out kids who need some. So for instance, if they have difficulty with handwriting, I break down and look at, is it visual perceptual or is it fine motor? And I will work on those skills. If it's something that's more like um, ADHD or sensory based, then it's going within the classroom and giving the teacher and the kids strategies to work within the classroom. So you said you started in a hospital. Other than a hospital and schools, what other environments can occupational therapists work in? You can work in a nursing home. That's a really big environment. There's a big piece of people that do um, like for workability. So people trying to get back within the workforce but have had injuries. There is a big piece of that that goes on. Um, but I, I guess I would say the biggest piece is probably still medical, even though I do school-based. So what type of education and training is needed to become an occupational therapist? Um, when I went to school, I went back and got my master's. I think now they, I think all the programs are doctoral programs. And is it a separate thing if you want to be an occupational therapist in a hospital as opposed to a school? No, it's the same training. It's just where you then, um, I mean, you, you end up doing some field work, but I didn't even do my field work in school-based. It's then probably like most jobs, you just do a lot of learning on the job and then you take courses. So kind of in a current event aspect, how has COVID pandemic affected you in your daily functioning in schools? Um, so we're seeing most kids virtually, which has been really hard. Um, that ends up breaking down to be a lot of, um, mostly, unfortunately, parent education, which in many ways has been really, really wonderful and great. Um, but we are, I am starting to pull kids in to see them individually now, and I do via vows in person. Um, but it's, I would really like the kids to get back safely, of course. Um, but they need to get back. And I'm sure it's really hard to like read students because like when you're with them in person, you can kind of like pick up more, but like when you're online, it's kind of hard to see online. Right. And you also have to build up that rapport, right? Which is obviously really difficult, especially yeah. with 
three-year-olds and four-year-olds. It's to me what I almost always say is they feel probably like they're watching some kind of TV and we're not a production company. So I'm never going to be as fun and interesting as like a Wiggles or something on YouTube. Right. Oh, so you also work with younger kids. So do you have a like specific age group or is it, is it like middle school? Or is so, so I am the occupational therapist for my school district. Um, and I do mostly, so it's preschool to 12th grade. However, most of the work that um, I do, because we're trying to make the change when they're young, is like the, the three to five, three to eight population. Oh, okay. And you, do you go into the school every day? I do go into the school every day right now. Okay. And then you Zoom right now because of COVID with students. I Zoom except for the really little kids that we feel like we can't make a difference for. We, I am bringing them in. Oh, and they come into the school. Yes. So are, like, are some students coming in specifically for one class period that, like, and then go back to their normal school for another, or are they with you the whole day? No, so I don't see kids all day long. Oh. Um, I, I go. So I move from school to school to school within my district, and I pull kids out when I see them. When, it's not, when, the, when I'm not seeing them within the classroom, I'm pulling them into my office. Oh, okay, I see. So is occupational therapy something you would recommend for women? I think it's something I would recommend for anybody that's, for me, that's interested in um, education and getting children who um, may have some kind of learning disability to maximize what they're able to do. So what kind of person and like characteristics do you think a person should have to be successful in occupational therapy? Um, I guess probably like any field. I mean, so first of all, you certainly would need to be somebody that likes to work around people, right? Um, I think it works for me because I don't think I would be very happy sitting at a desk all day and this... I get to do different things every day and interact with people. Right. So you have to be good and definitely with kids probably and like talking with them. Right. Definitely the area I'm in. Right. But it is a career that lends itself to doing other things. So for me personally, when I worked in a hospital, that was fine. I didn't really enjoy working in a nursing home. That really just wasn't my forte. So what are the differences between working in a hospital and working in school? Like how would someone decide whether they should be working in a hospital or school in occupational therapy? Um, well, I think number one, I think they, they should look at all areas. I never thought I would work in a school. I thought I'd work, you know, on a head injury team or something like that. That's what had interested me in that time. Um, I guess for me, I always knew I had an interest in education overall. So this kind of really brought those two worlds together for me. So I always kind of ended off by asking if you had one piece of advice specifically to all of our young female listeners, what would that piece of advice be? Um, so, you know, it's something actually that Sheryl Sandberg said, and it really speaks to me. I think that 
women should always have a seat at the table. So I think women need to speak up and I think they need to be able to take the risk and I think they need to stop apologizing for things. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Alina Peary and tune in next time for another special guest. Thank you so much, Alina. You were wonderful.